We keep a finger on the pulse of all things movies and TV. From Tinseltown to the local scene and everything in between. Welcome to Film Flicks Podcast. Here are your hosts now, Josh, Renzo, and Boaz. We are snapping the clapperboard one last time for the season finale of Film Flicks Podcast. This is rookie Boaz of 99.5 Play FM on the mic. And before anything else, before we sink our teeth right into it, I just want to take this time to applaud and give credit where credit is due. I want to give a quick shout out to the usual suspects, my boys, my brothers, Josh and Renzo. You are part and parcel of what makes this thing tick, what makes this thing work. So I'd like to just go ahead and thank you for a short minute here. And it's so funny how we were just gestating and dreaming up these ideas months ago to now fast forward to, to like three months, right? It's been three months, if memory serves, to uh, three months after and having such a dedicated fan base of five people, namely our parents. Yes. <laughs> Not just there we mom. go, the greatest sponsors ever. Yeah, they're the best. You got Josh's mom, you got Renzo's mom, you got my mom, you got my grandparents. (laughs) You get the idea. You get the idea. All right. In our refusal to pull on our punches, but instead pull out all the stops for you, up the ante, and crank the volume all the way up to 100, we've taken it upon ourselves to enlist the help of two film savants. So it won't be just the usual suspects for today. We've decided to spare no expense for you, our listeners for today, because we love you so much. And they come to us in the form of the Genre Geeks. Uh, their podcast is now streaming on IGTV. So for the uninitiated, for the uninclined, go check that out. And chances are, if you guys love the type of content that we're dispensing here at Filmflix Podcast, uh, we bet your bottom dollar that you love theirs even more at tenfold. So I won't keep you on pins and needles any longer. Here are the boys of Genre Geeks comprising one half of the team is Mr. Gabe Ojeda and rounding out the squad, uh, director Gino M. Santos. How are you guys doing? What's up, guys? Hello, hello. This Thank is fun. Thank you for having us. That was a very yeah, good no intro. Problem. Yeah, no that problem. That was a very good intro. I'm kind of blown away right now. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were a radio DJ. Oh, hey, I, I, I try my best. I'm moved. I'm oh, moved to tears by that intro. No, if I'm getting sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's all the same to everybody, I'd love to kick things off by breaking the ice and taking the edge off by starting off the show with a segment that in many ways, allegorically, breathed life into the podcast because mm-hmm. memory started off on the very same segment and that right josh and renzo yeah segment i like to call fact or fiction i'm about to give you guys a play-by-play of how it goes so for the uninclined for the uninitiated here is how it goes so i will be reeling off and reading off 
certain movie synopsis that may or may not be completely fabricated by yours truly. Are your radars good enough to call on my BS? Let's see how they hold up in today's edition of Fact or Fiction. Are you boys ready? Very nice. Yeah. I like this game. Very yeah. ready. My hands are up. So I'm not using anything. <laughs> It feels like every conversation I've had with my ex-girlfriend. Fact or fiction? Alright, so I'd like to ask Sir Gabe and Direct Gino real quick. How are you guys feeling coming in? Feeling confident, reluctant? Um, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited. Right. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Like um I've been I've been listening to your podcast and I love the fact or fiction. And now I'm gonna play it. So bring it on. <laughs> how, about, uh, how about the veterans, Renzo and Josh? Well, I have to say, uh, Boa, it actually brings nostalgia to me because th- that's actually the same question that you asked me in episode one. I mean, asked us, me and Renzo, in episode one, since we were um, uh, fighting in that uh, in that <laughs> game. So yeah, just to up the ante a little bit. Uh, sure. We've decided to pit you guys against one another, so I'm splitting you into two groups. So okay. on one corner, we have the Film Flicks podcast team, which constitutes Renzo and Josh. Mm-hmm. And on the other corner, you got the GG team, the Genre Geeks team. Before each question, for each query, I would like to ask for a representative from each group. So you guys could duke it out, go head to head, and go toe to toe. Let's start this off. So who will be? Your representative, Team FFP. Yeah, okay, Josh. I'll take it. I'll, take, I'll, I'll be the first one. Okay, okay. No, it's all you. It's all you, son. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, okay. I've seen way more movies than I it's, have recently. It's so. age oh, wow. before beauty. That, that's what. That's what's happening. <laughs> so who's it gonna be for Team Genre Geeks? Gino. Me. Oh, Josh, go home, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's scary. go. <laughs> I have no potential for this. <laughs> Are you boys ready? Yes. Ready. Hell yeah. How exciting. And away we go. This first movie comes to us in the form of Slice in a spooky small town. When a slew of pizza delivery boys are slain on the job, two daring survivors set out to catch the culprits behind the cryptic crime spree. Is it fact or fiction? Team FFP. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't wow. expect that, dude. Um, um, I'm going to take this as a fact. I'm mean, sorry, no, 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 not fact. Fiction, actually, fiction. Fiction. All right. So, Team GG. What do you um, guys think? Can I call a friend? Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Who are you gonna call? No, uh, okay. No, I'm gonna call. Um, my mom. No, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with fiction. Wow. I'll, I'll, it's, it's hard, right. but I'll try fiction. Fiction across the board. Fiction. Look, I hate to take the wind out of your sails this early. You guys are wrong. Oh, no. What? Yeah. what movie is this? It's a, it's a film called Slice. It was distributed by A24. What? what? Yeah. I love A24. How can I not know this? Oh my Honestly, god, I, I, I downloaded it right now. So good. Valiant Absolutely. effort, Gino. Valiant effort, Josh, but no blood has been drawn yet. Let's let's go to the next question. Maybe you guys can find some luck there. 
if you want, you can sustain the the representatives that you've previously agreed upon, or maybe uh, some much needed substitu substitutions are in order. I can tag in. I can tag in. I can tag in. Maybe take this one. Yeah. All right. I lost the point for our team. Go. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. Direct Gino, no pressure. Sir, okay, so now we have Gabe and Renzo going to duke it out for this next question. And away we go. This next movie comes to us in the form of Be Kind Rewind. Two people working in a video store accidentally wipe out the contents of every single tape in the store. Desperate to keep the business going, they attempt to generate their own footage. Is it fact or fiction? Team genre geeks. Take this one. You know, I feel like I have a feeling that I've seen the trailer for this movie before. Okay. I think. I think. So I'm gonna go with fact. Okay. Okay. That's good. I like the confidence. How about? Uh, does that mean my answer is wrong? Is that why? You just admire my confidence <laughs> and my answer is completely wrong. <laughs> Renzo. Well, it does seem like a concept that people would ridiculously do nowadays. So. But I don't know. Maybe fiction? I'll reluctantly say it. Fiction. I don't know. Okay. So FFP's going with fiction. Genre Geeks is going with fact. Am I right? Fact. Yeah. Locking that in? Let's lock it in, yes, baby. Yes, lock it in. Lock it in. Oh, trigger. I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad to inform you that one of you is right. That being the genre geeks team, you are officially. Oh, that's how we do. That's how we do. Guys, I, I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, see, he knew. Yeah, he so knew. With, uh, Mike, Michael Gondry. Yeah, yeah. I grew up on on uh, Be Kind Rewind pretty much. Love that movie. It gave me. Yeah, yeah. There was such a communal experience surrounding the cinema industry in that movie specifically, which I love. There was such a sense of community in that one. So if you guys haven't checked that out, check out Be Kind Rewind. It has amazing production design. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Considering how lo-fi it looked, it, it's it's it was still very uh, well produced from from a design standpoint. I like that. So let's head on over to the third factor fiction question. Uh, but before that, who would like to uh, step right up and take center stage from the FFP team? Brendan, do it. You have to. Yeah. Nah, dude. You have to do it. Okay, I'll take this one. I'll take this one. All right. Team John Redeemed. Gino's coming in, right? Me, me, me. Yeah. I need a point. Oh. I love it. I love it. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. And away we. Yo, this next movie comes to us in the form of hunter-gatherer domestic goddess. A hunter-gatherer from 900 BC lands in the middle of Tinseltown, where she frantically assembles the broken fragments of her psyche and what got her there in the first place, all while clinching a cooking show deal from the Food Network. Is it fact or fiction? <laughs> wow. Pretty outlandish. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Very I, I think this is a mixture of woman on top and a sci-fi movie. I don't know. Maybe it is. Gino, <laughs> go ahead. I'd love to hear your. Uh, I think. I think it's fiction. Ooh. Okay. Okay. How about? Good, good one. Good call. I agree. How about Team FFP? For Team FFP, I think we're gonna stay in the same road. I'm going with fiction. 
Mali pala eh, no? No! <laughs> Anyways, alright, let's go to the scoreboards now. Both of you are now in the scoreboards with GG leading with 2-0 and FFP with 1. Good job, there boys. Go. Nice. There we go. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> alright, so let's pretend like John Regis isn't here in the room right now. Come on. Come on, you guys. <laughs> I'll step it up. What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop <laughs> trying to hit me and hit me. You know, like, keep going. Let's go. Always, can you make, can you use it as a power up? No. No. None of that. All right. So, it, oh, and I, I forgot to say that it's a, it's a race to three points. Okay, perfect. So John Regis is one point away from winning. Film Flicks podcast, you have a lot of gaining to do, have much ground to cover. So let's see how well you fare. All right. This next one comes to us in the forum of the movie Fun and Games. Opportunity comes knocking on the door of five teens when they're invited to play a deadly game under the guise of an innocuous noontime TV show. Fact or fiction, boys? Wow, this sounds like something Lionsgate would produce in their sleep. Yeah, like a B-movie. Um, yeah. Oh, a B -movie. Sounds like yeah. a direct-to-DVD. Yeah, yeah. yeah stars from the CW from 10 years ago. Right, right. Um, a discarded Blumhouse movie. Yeah, I can see the cast already. It's Misha Barton, Adam Brody, <laughs> Paris Hilton, Jared Panelecki. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. This is a movie that can be made. Um, what's her name? What's his name? Um, Adam. Bro did I say Adam Brody? Adam Brody. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. The whole the whole cast of uh, what's that show? The Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Love Let's Gilmore. add a Kim Kardashian there. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, Kim okay. Kardashian. Adam Kardashian. Lohan. Famous. I I am gonna go with fiction for this one. I'm gonna go with fiction. Ooh. Mm. I don't know FFP. Why. I know I'm going to the same role this game, maybe fiction, yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd like, okay, okay. I'd like to say that although your efforts are valiant for Filmflix podcast, um, GG won this one. John Rubik's congratulations. Oh! Congratulations. 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 I, I really hope you earn that win and you, you guys just stage the win. No, no, no. Not no, no, no. no, no. And you Okay, well perfect. deserved. Well deserved. That's a yeah. that's a very nice game. Who thought of that? That's a very nice what was, game. What was thought of? What was actually? Oh, very very cool game, man. Best I listen to a lot of podcasts. So. Thank you, thank you. I do my best. That means so much. <laughs> that means great so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. So on to the Q and A proper. I'd be remiss not to ask the boys of genre geeks. Just how 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 do you know one another? And when did you start to, to know? And when did you start to realize that you wanted to channel that affinity for cinema into genre games? Go ahead. Well, I knew Gabe from high school. Um, yeah, in grade school, actually. We went to, uh, came from Zobel and uh, we grew up together and uh, we had the same like passion for geeky stuff. And films, so music, films, um, comic books, all the geeky shit. You know, we were the geeky ones in, in school. So, uh, and then uh, this pandemic happened, 
and we just decided that hey let's just talk about movies online which we usually do on a regular basis exactly um yeah gino and i grew up together i've known him since grade school and you know we were we were geeks before it was like considered cool to be a geek you know what i mean like we were reading comics we were buying dvds um we were watching movies that no one else was watching in grade school and high school you know um and like i know that gino always wanted to make movies because even like after school he would just want to film random stuff like in the canteen or in the parking lot or in his house actually so like i feel like that's always been his path um and it makes sense for us to have genre geeks because one covid we can't leave um and two the conversations we have on genre geeks are actually just normal conversations that him and i have really um he knows nothing about my personal life but he knows everything about what i think about movies tv shows anything that's within the realm of movies and tv and nerdy stuff like he knows but he doesn't even know how many girlfriends i've ever had you know like we're close. You had one, right? You only had one. Uh, the one that you know about. <laughs> <laughs> one, that, one that you know about. Oh, I forgot. But yeah, so we did we did a handful of episodes for genre geeks during COVID, um, and then we migrated to Kumu for a while. But now we're back on IGTV because that's where it's at. Oh, right. we went to college together too. You we went to college together. Oh, over and the I, new. Yes, yeah. and I cameoed in like his first like full-blown digital short yeah he was like the the rapist there no i was not oh no, no. No, it was a different guy and there was like a rape scene i don't know so i have to say we there are three lasallians four actually four lasallians in this pod, podcast which is me renzo uh sir gabe and direct gino actually awesome. yeah mm. Isabel or Benio? Oh, um, me and Renzo study uh, studies in uh, LSGH, the Solid Green Hills. Well, I oh. used to be there. I used to be there. I used oh, you used to be there. Yeah, yeah. He used to be there. Well, thank you, Josh, for making me feel like a fish out of water. Are you surrounded by green-minded people? <laughs> yeah, I'm surrounded by the green. I'm surrounded by the moolah. Right, right on. So, just. By virtue of a, of a quick browse through Sir Gabe's Instagram, one can easily surmise that he has a penchant for sneakers. So I'd love for you just to speak about that. And I don't want to inflict this on anybody. I don't wish any harm on anybody, but say hypothetically in a burning house scenario and being as low barrier. I'm going to grab my shoes. 100% I'm going to grab my shoes if the house was burning. Yeah, yeah, that was, you, you might have presupposed my question, actually. Okay, go. So in a burning house scenario, given how load-bearing you are, let's say, I don't know, something's impeding you from getting the whole lot, and you could just get three pairs, what would be those three pairs? Ooh, that's a very nice question. I like these questions, man. You're very good at developing questions. Um, I would definitely get my latest pair of Yeezys, which are the 700s Arzarefs. Um... I would grab another pair of Yeezys, the 350 V2s and the Butter, because those are my first ever pair, so they mean a lot. Huge sentimental value. Very low at resale, but sentimentally, they're priceless. And I think the last pair I would bring are my Travis Scott Air Force Ones, because those are very rare and very hard to get. I had to ask for a plug to get those. 
And I fucking love the flame, man. I love Travis Scott. I'm, <laughs> my head in Astro World 24/7. You know. Aren't you gonna bring your uh, Manolos and uh, Jimmy Choo's and uh, Louboutin uh, high heels? No? I have none of those. I have none of those. <laughs> Aren't you like the Sex in the City gals? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Samantha, that's for sure. <laughs> so I would like to uh, before we actually. Um, Move forward to my question. I would actually like to add that I am a sneakerhead myself. Mm. I collect lots of sneakers. In fact, I collect. I actually have two Yeezys, and okay. and the most actually um, uh, sentimental shoes that I have is the Game Three uh, NBA Finals, the LeBron and Kyrie two uh, pack. That's cool. So that's cool. I love. I love wow. that. I, yeah. I mean, basketball and sneakers have like always been intertwined. Um, yeah, you know the sneaker culture really came from basketball, especially when Michael Jordan first started playing. You know, yeah. But plot twist: I actually don't watch basketball. Oh. <laughs> it's alright. It's alright. Um, I just watched the Michael Jordan documentary, and then I act like I know everything about basketball. That's oh. the truth. But yes, actually, now is the perfect time for you guys to wear your sneakers because you know the whole social distance. So no one's ever gonna step on your feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Exactly. I'm wearing my Crocs right now. <laughs> so I would like to move forward to my question. My first question would be: Knowing your content is actually mainly about your love for cinema. What initially drew you to cinema or to this kind of art form? Is this for me or Gino? Um, go ahead. Yeah. You, you can. You can. Uh, both answer this question both you want me to go yeah, ahead go ahead yeah go ahead because he's going to formulate his answer based on my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um what initially drew me to cinema you know i want to say i don't want to say a sad story so i'll just say one of the reasons why i was drawn to cinema is because of gino actually um every friday we would actually go to the mall and watch a movie and one of the first movies i ever saw with him was collateral with Tom Cruise, fucking amazing movie, blew my mind. And I Robot with Will Smith, you know. And a big reason why that stuck with me was because, truthfully, um, I kind of grew up young and almost alone. I did have family in the house, um, but movies were really my true companions growing up. And I treated the characters that I saw in movies almost as like surrogate parents, almost. You know, um, I'm actually the only one in my family who speaks the way I do because of all the movies and TV shows I watch growing up. And I actually saw the movie Basic Instinct when I wasn't supposed to because of Gino. You know, I was at his house. <laughs> <laughs> I was at his house and he was like, dude, you gotta check this out. And I'm like, okay, let's check it out. And he, we didn't watch the whole movie. He just showed me the scene with the ice pick, and that was that. <laughs> that was like five minutes in the film yeah. and traumatized. Five minutes of that, and my life was changed forever. But I love, I love movies, man. You know, uh, it's really been a huge part of my life. Um, it, it's just molded me as a person. You know, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't watch movies. You know, I, I live through these characters. You know, I, I, I love storytelling. I love visual storytelling. And I love going to the cinema. Unfortunately, this year, we can't go to the movies. Um, Bummer. 
Yeah, but next year, you bet your ass, as soon as the cinema opens, I'm going to watch a motherfucking movie. Um, with me, um, I grew up with uh, slasher flicks. Um, I was born in 1989, so during the 1997, 1996, 1995, you know, there was, those were just the era where I'm not really supposed to watch those type of films, but, you know, my brother, my older brothers were watching it. You know, they rented out um, uh, a VCD uh, of it, and I was watching, and, you know, I was so curious about it, and I, I even tried making, like, short films with my helpers and my brothers. And then growing up, you know, um, I took workshops, I enjoyed it, and I didn't know that I actually wanted to make one. So I was doing short films, and then finally I went to film school. And uh, yeah, from there, you know, uh, after that, I'm, I'm working as a full-time director uh, for commercials and movies. And now it's more of like a 24-7 thing. Like, I watch movies, I work in movies, and you know, I, I have friends who are in movies, and I, I do like podcasts with Gabe about movies. So it's like a... I, I eat and breathe it, so um, and feel, I don't know. It, yeah. yeah, and feel it, yeah. <laughs> feel free to ask Juno how many bodies are buried in his backyard. Ask him. <laughs> ask him. Oh, I have like one, two over here in my room, not even buried. So, you know, um, I, just, I just love movies, you know. Um, directors like, um, you know, like Wes Craven really inspired me, you know, with Scream and all that. So those were the first movies I actually watched. Um, like, I know what you did last time on screen, so those are the movies that really inspired me to become, like, you know, a fan of films. Hello, Sydney. That's my favorite. Anyway, so I'd like to take the, the flame from Josh to ask a question. Who, is the film, who are filmmakers that inspired you to talk about cinema today? I would like to talk, both of you can answer this right now. Mm, I love this Ooh. question. I can mm. start. Yeah, of course, go. Okay, um, so I love uh, P.T. Anderson um, with, uh, you know, movies such as Boogie Nights, Magnolia. I just love those type of uh, script writing where it uh, it goes to different characters. And like, uh, let's see, uh, we got uh, American Beauty, uh, Babel, you know, those films really inspired me to watch a lot of like script-driven films. And of course, like the ensemble of great actors working together. Um, yeah, so those are the films that um, when people ask me, like, what's your favorite uh, movie? I always tell them, oh, depends on my mood. But it always comes down to, you know, uh, movies such as, you know, Boogie Nights and uh, American Beauty. You must love Jason Reitman then. Yes. You know, with his work. He, he, he's very cerebral with his scripts as well. Uh, case in point, up, up in the Air, Thank You for Smoking, all those ones. I don't know. Anyways, well, since you brought up Paul Thomas Anderson, do you, uh, I bet you've watched uh, the film There Will Be Blood. Yes, that loved film. it. The performance in that movie, freaking awesome. The the last scene in the bowling alley, my gosh, iconic, super iconic. I mean, you can't deny the the performances of Paul Dano, our next Riddler for the Batman film. Yes, and yes, uh, yes. And actually, Daniel Day-Lewis, he was so. Good. I'm sorry, he's so fucking beautiful in that film, and yeah. I would I would say that. Um, I watched him in Lincoln, and there he was so good. I loved it. He's a freaking chameleon. Yeah. Actually, I actually loved when he screamed, "I abandoned my child." That yeah. got me chills. That got me chills. 
And you know what? The cinematic aspect of uh, P.T. Anderson is just amazing. He makes, uh, you know, living like parang wallpaper na eh for your desktop. You know, those those wide angle shots. They're just so beautiful. So yeah, I'm I'm such a fan of P.T. Uh, Anderson and you know this type of film. Can I say something? <laughs> you can go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I love that Gino brought up P.T. Anderson because like the movie Magnolia was like a very transformative movie for me. Um, and in college, we were asked to like recreate monologues in class to perform them, and I actually did the monologue of Tom Cruise in that movie in class. Um, that was a lot of fun. Well, that was what very was impressive. It? Could, could you say it again, very please? <laughs> I what recreated the monologue. Something. What something. Do you about- <laughs> the vagina. Remember that? You remember <laughs> oh, the monologue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, tamed it. The cunt, something like that. I don't no, know. I don't think he uses the C word. He didn't use the C word. We're know. just wilding. Let's go. We just wilding. Yeah, I feel like of all the words that we can't say, I feel like the C word is the one word. That we <laughs> no, but, but no, that's the euphemized that? version. Wouldn't that be the euphemized version, though? Yeah. I mean, let's just be safe because I don't want to have a hashtag with my name on it tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> steer clear. Let's steer clear from that. Yeah, For I don't sure. want to hear like Gabe times up. You know what I mean? Like I can't. can't oh, that's oh, okay. I'm not ready yet. I'm not Harvey, ready yet. Is that you, Harvey? Is that you? Uh, like if I were in your shoes, Sir Gabe, and the movie uh, The Devil All the Time had had come out oh. at that time, I would have wanted to do. Yeah, I would have wanted to do Robert Pattinson's monologue. That would have no, been so yeah. cool. Yeah. One of this well, year's best films. Yes, I agree. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, if I would uh, be asked to do the same thing, I would actually choose the monologue by Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. The, oh my goodness, very good The choice. lobster's monologue. That thing blew me away. It it was actually very immersive. It took actually Pattinson's character to shut him off. I love that scene. <laughs> I love that scene. Oh, well, man. A fantastic movie. Well, for well, I would say I would take the line of Jack Nicholson, any line from The Shining, any line from The Shining. Ooh, there we yes, go. very good, very good lines. Yeah. You know, uh, in the topic of the lighthouse, I when I saw the movie, I was like blown away by it. Like I had to sit alone with myself for twenty minutes just to think about what I just saw. But when I think of the lighthouse, I think. It's almost like a baseline for good taste. You know, I think people who are able to appreciate the greatness of The Lighthouse generally will have good taste in movies, you know, overall. Um, Because The Lighthouse is not an easy watch, definitely not for the casual viewer. But for me, I ate up every second like it was an Avengers movie, you know? Um, I agree. It was fucking amazing. And... You know, like I said, if you do love The Lighthouse, I think it's safe to assume that you do have fantastic taste in movies. Yeah, and given the lay of the land here in the Philippines, given the night that, that can be more against the grain. Absolutely. Yeah, that shouldn't be more against the grain. Go ahead, Josh. It, well, actually, it is actually the the three hosts, the three hosts of FFP's favorite uh, 2019 film, The Lighthouse. So, Boom. Yes. Yeah, it's, Our favorite. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when people um, complain about Robert Pattinson, about being Bruce Wayne, I'm like, watch everything he's ever done after Twilight. 
Twilight. Yes. Exactly. Watch every yes. fucking movie he's done after Twilight, and then you'll change good it. Good time. Good time. Yeah. You know, fucking good time is a fucking great time. That's a great time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love. I'd like love to refute that. you though. Everything except for maybe remember me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, remember me is like. <laughs> you know, that's the one exception. So I haven't told seen that. Oh well, good for you. You're spared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're that spared. is Bill. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you decide for yourself, but spare yourselves. If, if you don't mind me saying, spare yourselves. So I'd love to shift gears now to my question. And I'd like to preface it with this funny anecdote, apropos the way in which I found out about Sir Gino's work and eventually his filmography. So let me set the scene for you guys. It was 2016 and couldn't have been a minute past 12 in the midnight. I should know because it was just about late enough for our basic cable operator back in Laguna at the time to be dispensing all of the run-of-the-mill subpar shows, hence why it's in the graveyard shift, but too early for them to start dispensing the local sabong matches we would have in Laguna. I mean, this was, this was a provincial, a lowly provincial cable provider, so you're gonna have to understand. And I could have sworn to myself at that time that I've, I would have gladly watched the Sabong match over this rerun of a movie they were showing on Cinema One, a rerun of X with Benefits. And to my surprise, I was bored. I was floored. I thought it was just going to be another trite, uninspired uh, offering from, from ABS, but I couldn't have been more wrong at the time. And you converted me, actually, directly, you know, and I'd love to give you props for that because your films, I find, have so much insight. They dabble into certain sectors and certain demographics of society that are shunned or maybe don't get as much limelight. Like, say, X with Benefits, the, the med reps, right? The med rep sector. And with, with your movie, Love Me Tomorrow, I mean, sure, it highlights and de depicts moms, but not in a stylized way. You know, in a bare bones way, just raw nerves, which I love. It shows a mother past the basic rites of passage of, of a mother, uh, the, the basic maternal rites of passage, like uh, raising a child, feeding them, and her life moving forward, her life subsequently when her children decide to leave the nest. And it doesn't help either that she's a widow. So anyways, that's me pandering him for, for a good minute. I'm sorry. Sorry Aww, for that long-winded preface. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I just wanted I'm to- glad you enjoyed my films. <laughs> just love to get off to get that off my chest. So on to my question. As, uh, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Yeah, Josh, go ahead. I have to add, um, fun fact, my the first film that I watched by uh Derek Gino Gino was actually Exit Benefits. I was uh, I'm actually the type of person who also loves romance. And I said, oh, it's just another romance, uh, typical Filipino romance film, stuff like that. But it surprised me. It's actually a different take on romance. I, I actually love the film, for me. Aw, thank you. See, Gabe, uh, you should watch my movies. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to watch every single one and review them on my podcast each. <laughs> right, you said that like last, last. Uh, I said that, yeah. But now it's, it's happening, don't worry. Okay. I'd like to Don't say you too, worry, that, child. <laughs> I would like to say that at first when I watched X with, X with Benefits, I was like, um, there's too much provocative thing. But I realized as I grew 
uh, as a as my filmmaker, I've learned that it's a good film. Actually, benefits a good film. Oh, like as a group, as a group, it's good. Thank you, guys. Yeah. You know what? You guys should catch um, one of my first movies, um, indie films, uh, the animals and hashtag why. Those were the two oh. films that actually launched my career. And uh, yeah, so Exit Benefits was my first mainstream film, and yeah, no regrets. Um, you know, uh, I love making that movie. I, I made a career out of it. Uh, yeah, so guys, catch it. Uh, Exit Benefits. Uh, I mean, hashtag Y and the animals. I can get. I've I can send you guys a link. I've seen There's hashtag Y. Wasn't that the one with Elmo Magalona? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Yes, I've seen yes, that yes, too. Yes, Great yes, movie. Yes. I was floored by it as well. Now, uh, if you don't mind me taking the wheel here for a minute. Um, so as a filmmaker yourself and just about knowing the grueling times that we're all facing across the board, I'd love to pick your brain out about some of the hurdles and some of the predicaments that uh, filmmakers such as yourself are facing in these very trying times amid these very trying situations that the public may not be privy to or might not be all that aware of. Uh, yeah, so um, this year's been difficult. Uh, you know, I I was supposed to shoot a movie this year, but everything moved. My schedule, I everything just stopped this year. Uh, you're, you're not allowed to shoot, um, you know, uh, films now with kids. And uh, what's hard is there's so many, uh, you know, when you make a film, you're not just dealing with like five people. You're dealing with hundreds of people, not not just like the crew members but also the actors the extras so with that you have to adjust your script you have to adjust everything you know there's so many people involved it's not just you as a director um it's difficult it's been difficult and of course um as a filmmaker you want your movies to be seen in the big on the big screen and you know you know it, it, it's it's heartbreaking for me that you know all of these big movies are now uh, you know showing on you know digital platform which is I don't mind it I don't mind it but you know I still miss watching films on the big screen so uh, this year has been very difficult for a lot of filmmakers but I, I believe that next year there'll be a lot of new um, you know uh, scripts new stories that you know people get inspired with because you know they've been locked down in their house for so many months um i guess that will uh you know uh you know nice films next year so you know I'm excited I, I, for that. i love that gino said that they're going to be new stories because i'm 100 sure they're going to be romantic comedies about Love in the time of COVID, one hundred percent, one hundred ten percent, all produced by Netflix. Oh, damn, that makes sense. I would actually like to add to the to the the streamline of films being in the digital, um, like Netflix and etc. But it actually feels different when you're watching in the cinema because for me, as watching a cinema, it's actually it's, it's actually an event. It feels like you feel immersed when watching the film. It feels like you're there in the very setting that the filmmaker made. So it's kind of sad that we're not. It's actually, it's a, really a bummer that we can't watch cinema, the cinema now. So you know, I I love that you bring that up because a lot of the movies that are close to my heart aren't necessarily the best movies. 
but I've had the best movie experiences. Um, Suicide Squad, for example, is not the best movie. I personally loved it because when I watched it in the cinema, I caught one of the first weekends, or the first weekend it came out in the States, and everyone who came to see the movie was in costume. It was like literally like a party in the cinema. People were dressed up as a Joker, Killer Croc, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, um, Enchantress. And to me, that really added to the overall experience of the movie. And, you know, I have nothing bad to say about Suicide Squad because my personal viewing experience was just like too much fun. So absolutely correct. Cinema experience is a huge factor. Just like all Nolan movies are meant to be on fucking IMAX, dude. I'm not going to watch Tenet on the TV. I don't care how big my TV is. I'm going to watch a thing on IMAX. I'd like to say... Um... I like that you brought up um, Suicide Squad because it's very nostalgic for me and Josh. We watched it together with our other friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both actually, yeah. Both was not there though. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, it's actually my birthday. We watched that. Yes, yeah, we watched yeah. it on your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Suicide Squad, you know, in retrospect, it felt like an event. I think the whole world was excited about that movie. I'm not sure why. But it was definitely an event that unfortunately didn't live up to the hype because of so much interference from the studio. But hopefully James Gunn can rescue and kind of reignite that hype and make Suicide Squad what everyone thought it was going to be. Suicide Squad trailer broke the internet. It did. Right? With the Bohemian Rhapsody theme song playing. That was, uh, you know, uh, uh, an event. I still watch it. You know what? I bet my bottom dollar the soundtrack costed more than the movie itself. Hundred percent. I mean, it's a Grammy-winning <laughs> album, so. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. film is actually uh, Oscar. It actually won an Oscar yeah. for, if I'm not mistaken, the I think costume I'm not mistaken the the costumes. I think the, the styling yeah, of physical, that. physical costume. Yeah, physical costumes. Because Killer Croc was all real. Um, it was a real costume that wasn't CGI. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real croc game. Yes, it was a real crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> they, they went to the Amazon and they found a crocodile with a face who could act and they hired him. Yeah. Well, um, knowing the very awe-inspiring works in Tinseltown, who are the new up-and-coming filmmakers that have caught your eye? Yes. you want to take this one? Oh, okay, I, I can start. Um, well, um, let's see. I, I, I'm actually like thinking of directors on their second film you know like uh, you know Sina Robert Eggers of Lighthouse uh, of course Sina Ari Aster um, but of course Sina ano, Antonio Camos Campos Antonio Campos of uh, The Devil All The Time it's like if he has a new movie coming out and they say and in the trailer it says uh, directed by the director of um, The Devil uh, all the time, I'd be like, oh my god, I have to watch this. Um, sino pa ba yung mga directors? Oh, the director of, ano? Uh, the Invisible Man. Um, Lee Wanell? Wainell? Something like that. Um, he, directed also, he also directed uh, one of my favorite action movies, uh, I think Upgrade. And uh, he's actually the best friend of James Wan and wrote Saw. So, these are the directors are actually established, but you really don't know who they are. And fun fact, Upgrade is actually available to view on Netflix. 
So if you guys yeah. have a movie, check it out. And Netflix, don't forget to send me the check. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm. I'm uh, go ahead. Well, actually, since we're in the topic of upgrade, I think it would be. I think the I see the film or view the film as the Venom gone gone right. I think the exactly. Venom film gone right. Exactly. Very good analogy. Thank even the actor. YouTube comment. Even the, even the actor looks like uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. And guess what? You know how much mo- that movie cost to make? It's gonna blow your mind. How much? Three three million dollars. Three million dollars to make upgrade. And Venom, I think, was like a, like a, how, how much? Eighty? A hundred? Wow! Including marketing, crazy. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy dollars. statistics. Yeah. You know, uh, before I answer the question, I think also how m- uh, the budget of a movie plays a huge role in the overall product. Because if you look back at the first Matrix, right? The Wachowskis were given probably close to nothing. So what did they do? They had to be extremely resourceful and ended up making arguably the greatest sci-fi action movie of all time. And because of that success, they were given almost an infinite amount of money for the sequels. And when you look back at the sequels, they're garbage, you know? And everything else they've done after hasn't really been close or even equal to the greatness of the Matrix because of over-budgeting, you know? You're saying there's a correlation. Yeah, you know, because I feel like the Wachowskis get so excited with effects and CGI that they, they lose sight of, you know, the story. Well, I do believe there's a saying that Sometimes the, the like there's just this saying from what I've known is that the lowest budget is the most creative and the highest budget I love is that. the I love shittiest. That. <laughs> I mean, that I, I, true. Yeah, I forgot who said that, but I, 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 this, I watched it in a YouTube video, but it's, I, I actually agree watching so many films. Yeah, because I, I feel like you get relaxed, you know, you don't have, you don't get worried, you know. Um, Gino, I feel like you would have more about something better. Yeah, it, it really it really pushes the director and the writer on how to, you know, deal with their movies, how to be more creative. I mean, we've seen directors like George Lucas, um, you know, Evil Dead using practical effects. You know, these are films that you know stand the test of time because you know they were they showed something new and they weren't afraid to you know use their brains or practical effects. So these are the films that will be there forever because mm-hmm. you're still badass until now. So I'd like to give this to Sergina. So as an aspiring filmmaker, what should I expect as I enter film school next year? Well, you gotta know that um, film school doesn't teach you everything. Um, it's more of, you know, you have to be in a set. You have to see what's going on. You know, um, every set is different from one another. I mean, a James Cameron Titanic is different from an av- James Cameron Avatar or a, uh, you know, a uh, Mad Max set. So it's really based on experience. And of course, uh, also, uh, you know, like what I said, Quentin Tarantino didn't uh, become a filmmaker because of film school. He learned it through watching a lot of movies and by working in a video store. So, you know, film has no rules. It has no rules. Um, anyone can be a director as long as you're passionate about it. And, you know, if you do go to film school, it is a place where you can make mistakes. 
this is a place where you can enjoy and you know and uh, I guess find yourself and what type of style you want to have because you know all the great directors you know if you watch their movies if you watch a Tim Burton movie if you watch you know um, I guess uh, you know a Guillermo del Toro you know they all have their film language and I guess as you as a aspiring filmmaker you know it's best to find your particular style yeah so that's pretty much it that's a fantastic answer fantastic right. answer I actually also did film school but I didn't finish it just oh. like you did yeah I was in how long was I in film for Gina two a year and a half and then I switched courses yes yes, yes, um, yes. yeah that's a story for another time Okay, okay, okay. We'll save that. We'll save that for but, when you yeah. guys come back. If there's one piece of info I can give, even though Please, the question doesn't really designed for me, because like, who am I? Um, but for, based on personal experience, coming into film school, assume that everyone thinks they have better taste than you. 100%. Because oh. everyone's gonna, yeah, because everyone's going to come in already loving cinema just as much as you. Right, and I'm pretty sure Renzo, you feel like you have great taste. So assume that everyone's gonna come in feeling the same way as well. So be humble because I wasn't, and be nice because I wasn't, and you'll have fun time in, in college. Thank you very much. All right, I'm sorry, sir Gabe. We didn't mean to make you feel ostracized no, or good, detached dude. from all the good. question. I didn't know you took up film initially. No one does. I no one. <laughs> Hey, we're unraveling. We're, that's what the podcast is for. It's part exactly. self-help as well. Exactly. Right, so we're peeling back the layers of Gay Boheda. We are, yeah. In this episode. We're slowly knowing you. I'm, I'm getting to know myself right now. Wow. <laughs> How profound. How profound. I love it. I do you need it. a tissue? Do you need a tissue right now, Gabe? I do need a tissue. <laughs> right. um, that's exactly my first time being a guest on a podcast. Um, I will say being the experience of a guest is totally different than being the experience of a host. So it's fun. You know, I feel like when you're a guest, there's a little bit less pressure in directing the course of the conversation because as, as a guest, I feel like I just have to react. But I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm bouncing off very well off everyone. And it's really good. I'm having a lot of fun. Wow. Thank you for that wow. response. We appreciate that. Don't we, Renzo and Josh? Yeah. Thank you appreciate much. that so much. Thank you, All guys. right. Okay, so it's all the same to you guys. I'd love to head on over to one of my personal questions and as a way to cap things off in a big way, one would be hard pressed to find, especially these days, something to look forward to. Given the pandemic, it's stifled and stunted, not only the economy among others, uh, not the least of which, of course, our happiness as well. Not a lot of things to look forward to in the foreseeable future, nothing imminent to come. But hey, at least we have movies. At least we have some of the, yeah. a lot of movies are a, a big repository of movies to, to go into mm -hmm. given the pandemic, a lot of things to binge on. So yeah. what are some of the movies that you've been brushing up on recently? Can you give us some recommendations? And as a follow-up question, what are some of your most anticipated movies? Ooh, okay. Jeannie, you wanna go first or me? Uh, you go ahead, you go ahead. Because okay. I think we have the same, you know... Yeah, I feel like we'll end up saying more or less yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before I answer, I just want to say that since everyone is stuck at home, and if you do have access to the internet, and because there are no new movies coming out, watch old ones. 
watch the ones that you haven't seen yet. Watch the classics. Um, because you'll find that a lot of the new ones are based off, you know, the, the classics, the older ones. You know, watch 90s movies. You know, early 2000s movies. Like, you literally have a gold mine of iconic movies. Right. Sorry to derail you. Don't worry, Sir don't worry. Gabe. But I just want to speak to that, and I'm glad you alluded to that because I recently watched this Polanski movie, Rosemary's Baby. Oh my and that God. was one of the earliest precursors for a, a preponderance of the movies we, the horror movies at least, that we mm -hmm. see in this day and age. They draw a lot from the Polanski movies like Repul Repulsion and Rosemary's Baby. But go ahead, sorry. Classic. Man, I agree with you. Classics, man. The Shining. Yeah. Josh, I feel like I'm in class right now, Josh. So I, to add to the, the the experience of watching old films, I have to say that even though that we didn't get to live in this er era, it was kind of sad because it was a, really a gem. These films are a gem, yeah. uh, especially my experience on watching two films actually. Um, I would say Chinatown and Taiko, which is actually my fav uh, favorite uh, Hitchcock film. Those are good ones. Those are super classics. Um, yeah, man. You know, now is the time. Now is the time to watch movies you haven't seen. And, you know, for me personally, like, I've been watching a lot of Robert Pattinson's post-Twilight work in preparation for the Batman because he's such a phenomenal actor, you know? And, you know, off the top of my head, what you can watch right now, definitely The Devil all the time. Fantastic. Yeah. Movie. And, you know, it's amazing when you can tell when a movie is Oscar bait. You know, you can just tell. You know, Allied with Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard was clearly Oscar bait. Unfortunately, they didn't make it. But you could tell that they were making it for the Academy. You know? Star is Born. A Star is Born also. Um, but yeah, that's. I feel like that would be my number one recommendation. Upgrade would be another. And I'm giving you movies that are available on Netflix just... You know, so people don't have to worry about where to get them or how to buy them. Yeah, yeah so upgrade, I would say maybe check out hmm, Altered Carbon Season 1. Season 2 was like just okay, but Altered Carbon Season 1. If you like Blade Runner, I feel like you'll enjoy Altered Carbon, you know. Um, Blade Runner 2049 as well, I think, is on Netflix. If you, get, if, you know, the people listening, if you haven't seen that, what's wrong with you? Watch it. <laughs> And also, yeah, and what's on Netflix as well is Uncut Gems and Good Time. If there's any, if there are any two movies that I would say are required viewing, Uncut Gems and um, Good Time. Oh, also Midsummer. Oh my God, if you haven't seen Midsummer, holy fucking shit, where have you been? That is a great movie. Well, and Vampire exactly. Diaries. Watch Vampire Diaries. It's a good show. <laughs> wow, it's like Midsummer. Oh, watch Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> well, maybe I would like to add a recommendation to our viewers, which is, I think, very underrated, despite being in Netflix already, which is The Irishman, which I think it's great. There we go. It's great. Good one. Irishman. And if you like uh, The Irishman, watch Casino and Wolf of Wall Street and also Gangs of New York, you will see the definite style go. of Mart Martin Scorsese. You'll be like, oh, he has a particular style. Okay, I get it. Am I the only one who finds The Irishman kind of dragging, though? It's a bit long. It's a yeah. bit long. Yeah, maybe. just a bit long. It's a bit but long. But you know, but you know what? Like, 
knowing Martin Scorsese and you're the editor, I don't think you're gonna cut. I don't think you're you have the the balls to cut any of Martin Scorsese's films. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, to add to the Irishman, uh, I think the the dragging ta- uh, runtime is actually it actually benefits the story. So, and I would actually like to say that the Irishman is actually a reminder to us that these stellar ca- the these stellar cast members are getting old. We can't. Yeah. They're really getting old. These are the. It is really a reminder. But to recommend to our viewers. Uh, whoever is anticipating for actually my anticip- uh, most anticipated film, which is the Batman film, I I would say if you want to get, take get the feel of that film, I would say watch yeah, Seven or Zodiac, which is actually available available in Netflix. David Very Fincher. Good. Very good. David Fincher, yes. And I'm yeah, sorry. Brought, yeah. Sorry, I love how you how Josh brought up the runtime of The Irishman. Um, yes, when a movie is long and it's character driven, it does make you feel like you've known these people your whole life, you know? And I think the runtime was also Martin's way of just saying, hey, this is like the last time I'm gonna do this. This is it. This is like everyone I could gather for a classic gangster New York style movie. Enjoy it. I'm gonna make it fucking long because this is the last time I'm gonna do this. Well, as they say, the Irishman is his most, I mean, as Scorsese said himself, is that it's his most intimate film. That's why he made it that long. Yeah. yeah. And actually, if you watch a lot of old movies, um, you know, the, the pacing is really like that. Yeah. Like the classic films are really slow. Na, na, na brainwash lang naman tayo because, you know, we have these blockbuster films that, you know, have, have this like fast pacing. And of course, now that we have to, we have to create like a film that hindi ka matitingin sa phone. Like, we're trained to be like that eh. Like, we're watching a movie and then we're looking at our phone, so we have to cut it quick. So I think that's more of like an editing style and more of a, like a, you know, a modern style of, of cutting films. But if you do watch old films, you, you see, you know, the classic type of pacing. It's really a Martin Scorsese, you know, uh, Irishman type. Yes. Right, sorry, I think we toppled over Derek Gino completely. Uh, we'd love to hear your recommendations yeah. and some of the ones you're looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, um, well, um, for me, um, watch everything. You know, for me, watch good films, bad films, really, really bad films, because you'll see the difference. Um, if you have a, a, a couple of bucks to spare, you know, get on um, Mubi, M-U-B-I, um, watch a lot of foreign films right there. Um, they have great collection. Um, of uh, world cinema and uh, you know festival films, um, I personally like now watching HBO Go because it it selects movies for you. Um, also, I like um, watching um, some old Tagalog movies from iFlix. If you check out iFlix, you look at there's a Viva Corner or Regal Corner. You see old the old all the old uh, classic films and also the 90s like um, bold movies during the time and you know those bold movies if you take out all the bold the story is pretty strong you've got movies there from eric mati to um yam larana so if these are directors now who are pretty established so check that out and also um learn more uh subscribe to a master class um you get a lot of interviews there from different directors you know this this, this quarantine will push you uh you know if you love film push it more you know, learn something, 
and you know uh watch watch and watch yeah and of course my favorite is dune i cannot wait for dune to come out next let's year. save that for last let's save that for last <laughs> let's save that for last please yeah please. and also um uh, raised by wolves um i i love that Ooh. and the boys the boys those are the, those are the, the, boys, the yeah. series that i'm watching right now can i do mine of course. Yeah, all right, all right, sorry. Can I, all right, thank you. Thank you for being so gracious. Um, they're slowly rolling out the Sundance Midnight catalog. I don't mm, know if you guys okay. are familiar with movies like Empedagor, movies like Scare Me, all those movies Ooh. from the Midnight category are, are making its way into Hulu and Netflix. So do be on the lookout for that since the impending promise of big blockbusters is still far. So maybe. So, so Netflix is the way to go, right? Um, I'm also looking forward to Minari, the new, the new Steven Yeun film. Oh, I love it. Uh, Minari, I think it's gonna, it, it was supposedly this year is the farewell, I believe. I was gonna be, I kind of feel like it was gonna be this year is the farewell in the sense that it, it does have a lot of parallels to the farewell, not the least of which the movie being a, an Asian centric cast, which I love and which I've always been espousing for so long now. My and people. My people, exactly. <laughs> Representation. Send me a trailer for that. Send me a trailer for that after this. Yeah, you got it. Minari, yeah, for sure, for sure, you got it. I'll hook you up. And my last one uh, would be Free Guy. Ryan Reynolds, oh, Ryan he plays Reynolds. a non-playable character. It's gonna be Love so fun. Yeah, I kind of feel like that, that poor- Well, actually, I would actually like to add a film that is directed by my favorite director. Well, it would be, I believe it actually released in other countries, but not here in Asia. It's actually Tenet, which is directed by my favorite director, Christopher Nolan. Um, and of course, I just uh, stated it a while ago. I cannot wait for the Batman film, but unfortunately, it has been delayed again to March of 2022. Yes, and, that's correct. Yeah, I, and also Scorsese's upcoming film, which is Killers of the Flower Moon. The FB, the the birth of FBI, can deny with uh, Scorsese and my and my and actually I believe uh, the FFP hosts uh, favorite director David Fincher, um, upcoming David Fincher's upcoming film which is Mank, which is the the making of one of the best films Citizen Kane. So can't wait for that. And I have I have I have to actually add one film. It's actually uh, directed by, if I'm not mistaken, direct Gino here is All Nighter. All Nighter. Yeah, we'll be shooting that next year, Pa. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Very nice. Very Thank nice you. way of I'd mentioning like, his next I'd like movie. I'd like to add a uh, anticipated film, which is directed by Robert Eggers, which I think is supposed to be released next year. Um, it's called Northman. If I'm not mistaken, that's the title Northman. I love Robert Eggers, and yeah, I can play. Very nice. Well, actually, I got three things. Three things. One, just as, um, I wanted to react to something Gino said earlier about watching the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you want to have impeccable taste in movies, you need to watch the shitty ones. You have to. It's an absolute necessity. Um, you can't just watch the classics. You can't just watch the Oscar winners. You can't just watch the movies that are 85% and above on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not going to teach you how to have good taste. In order to have good taste, you need to know what's bad and you need to know what's good. Right? And then something that Boaz said earlier about Hulu, 
Um, if you don't have Hulu, they have a YouTube channel where they have been releasing short, scary films the whole month of October. And they're about like three minutes max in length, and they're very nice. So please check them out. They're super fun. And I totally forgot what the third thing was. Oh, yes, two more recommendations available on Netflix. The Old Guard, right? Super good, super fun. A new take on the superhero genre. And two, Six Underground, Guilty Pleasure. I love explosions. <laughs> I love explosions. It's just like, it was so silly, but it's so much fun. The old guard was was the one with Charlie Starin, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we love Charlie Starin on FFP. We loved her on Mad Max. Oh, yeah. we loved her FFP, on Mad Max. Yes. I think she's getting her own solo movie, if not mistaken. No, no, oh. she's uh, oh, they're getting coming. a younger one. They're getting a younger one. Mm. Just cast Charlize on everything, please. I know, right? <laughs> she's great. She is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to raise my voice like that, but I get. I, I get filled up with so much ardency when we're talking about Charlie Stern. Anyhow, so as a way to cap off the season finale, and I know that I'm throwing a curveball here because I didn't brush this up with the the people of FFP beforehand, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it anyways, and I'm gonna hit you guys with this curveball of a question. So, being the genre geeks, do you believe that genre? is sort of this antiquated paradigm, given how there are a lot of movies today that are amorphous and androgynous when it comes to that respect. A lot of movies sort of straddling the chasms of, of genre. Movies like, I don't know, off the top of my head, off the cuff, maybe First Reform, if you've seen yeah. that. It's just as much a political thriller as it is sort of a mangled, bleak love story. I'd love to pick your brains out about this. Penny, for your thoughts. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good um, that's a good thought to have, actually, because it is true. You know, not every movie is a single genre anymore. Um, I think my first experience of almost like a dual genre was The Dark Knight, really. It's actually a crime and gangster movie that just happens to have Batman in it, you know? And it was also a character study for each of them. You know, I hardly call it a superhero movie because it wasn't really about the Batman or it wasn't really about having all the gadgets and stuff. It was really just a deep, long character study. And not just with the characters, but with like the image, the symbol of Gotham also, you know, with a little bit, with a lot of crime movie elements as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that sentiment that there's a mix of genres because it is happening. You know, I mean, a lot of people say Venom is a romantic comedy between <laughs> between um, Eddie Brock and Venom, you know, um, and even Unbreakable. Unbreakable is a superhero movie that is really also just a character study that just happens to have a guy who has superpowers. Shout out to Shyamalan. Let's go. All right, Sergio. Yeah, <laughs> also, with, uh, to add with what Gabe said, you know, um, even, you know, Parasite. Parasite won the best picture uh, uh, in the Oscars, and people tend to forget that it's a, it's a a satire, family satire, drama. There's comedy, there's a bit of suspense. You know, it's a mix of genres. And uh, Bong Joon Bong Joon Ho, you know, the director, really does the type of uh, you know um, genres. He really mixes genres. If you check out Okja on Netflix, you know, it, it, it's 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 uh, a mix of everything. 
So you know now uh, I, th- I I guess directors now um, really want to mix the genres because we've seen everything. We've True. seen everything. So there's so many movies out there. So we need to have that track, that right tracking style. Not the bat, not the Batman, and um, sure. not the Justice League one, not the Justice League uh, Frankenstein that we're talking about, but the right type of mixture. Well, I gotta say I agree with what Gabe and Sir Gino said because, yeah, many directors are going going many paths, and some of my favorite are doing the same. Sometimes they do great on it, sometimes they. So yeah, I think that all we could do is that um, is that. As a direct, as directors go, is that all they have to do? The reason why they mix up genres is so that they can have original paths despite using the same genres. So yeah, as as things go by, I get why. I mean, as a person that's already writing scripts on my lap, crappy laptop, yeah, I tried my best to find original ideas despite having the same genre. I, I don't want to read I, like, as much as I love like films like good, the good, the bad, and ugly, Django Unchained. I'm like I have to go original. I have to go original. I have to go different. So yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I actually definitely agree to three of you, but for me, different types of genres is actually a a way that the director could immerse the the, the audiences. It could actually make them feel as if that this is happening. This 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 happened. This whole film is an again an event that happened, and you can actually see it in the screen. And yeah, it just it's it actually it sometimes benefits. It sometimes is not, but it usually benefits to the experience of watching films. Yeah, it makes it more grounded because life as it is is just a hodgepodge of genres, anyways. Yeah, and if you are, you know, um, if you want to create your own genre, be immersed with music, art, books. You know, take a look at Lars von Trier and uh, Melancholy, his works. You know, he made his own type of, you know, genre. You know, this avant-garde thing, you make your own, you know, just be inspired with so many things, not just movies, and you'll get there. Sweet, so... Uh, beautiful. Any, yeah, beautiful, indeed. Any parting words from you guys? Parting words. That's a good one. I wasn't prepared for parting words. Um, that's a good one. I'm kind of dumbfounded. <laughs> oh, check out shoutout.com. I don't want to say goodbye. No, check out shoutout.com. Gina's on there. So if you guys want a personalized <laughs> greeting from him, he is on shoutout. Check it and out. S H A W T O U T dot com. Check that out. It's a really cool thing we've been working on for quite some time. So I'd love for you guys to check it out. Everyone listening. And yeah, follow me on Instagram at Gabeoheda. And the Super Fire podcast will happen very soon. Yeah, yes, for, me, for me, for um, me, watch, uh, get your um, iFlicks and I want. Check out my movies. Um, I have uh, Love Me Tomorrow, Exit Benefits, um, Hashtag Y, and um, Sin Island, if you haven't seen it. Uh, Gabe, please watch my movies. And, and follow at Johnny Geeks. <laughs> Johnny Geeks and, on Instagram. Yes. Please follow at Johnny Geeks and me, Gino M. Santos. And uh, I'll be. Well, I, I would like to say is that I would like to thank both Gabe and Gino for giving us this time. Like, mostly for the fact that we're just 
nobodies in, in their eyes really and like as both pointed out when they got to invite you guys and i was like yeah i agree we're nobodies but i'd like to thank them very much for giving their uh, no way man this is fun this is fun it doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. matter you know us geeks should stick together because you know we can do great things yeah. the geek squad the nerd herd <laughs> well i would say <laughs> Well, I would say that it's really, truly an honor for you guys to guest on our finale, and uh, I'm, I'm really, I can't really wait for the film of Derek Gina all night. There, oh my god, I can't just, I just can't wait. <laughs> but I also have to thank to my two uh, hosts here, Renzo and Boaz. I just remember that the time that uh, Boaz had this idea, we'd he'd like, we'd make a podcast, and then Renzo was our inspiration because he actually review fil- review films. Uh, he goes in depth. I actually also re- review films, but come on, he's way better than me. I have to, I have to agree with. I have to say, we that. make each other better. Make each other. Uh, better. Yeah. Oh, teamwork. You can make each other better. Yeah. Work. Yes, you can. <laughs> but all yeah, right, you so know, that- yeah. Um, first of all, thank you guys for having us. For thank even like you. stumbling upon the genre geeks page and thinking about inviting us for your finale. That's that's fucking dope. That's really cool. That we're you guys actually felt surprised. Like, we're surprised. <laughs> yeah. That you know you would choose us your for your finale. You know, I was thinking like a season premiere was more appropriate. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's super cool. And Boaz, you know, man, huge props to you. You directed this conversation beautifully. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank <laughs> very you. Nice that means questions. so much. Yeah, you had very some very nice questions. Podcast structure was very nice. Um, I like that you set the parameters, you know, on how we can take uh, take turns speaking. It was very lovely, man. It was really good. It was really good. And Josh yeah. and Random, man, you guys know so much about movies. You guys are dope. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know about Gino, but I would love to be back on the show. Just kidding. He would be. He would love to be back. <laughs> Definitely, thank you. you guys. Thank you so much for having us. And you know what? It's it's super nice to talk to film. To, you know to. Film buffs like you, you know, um, it's usually just me and Gabe, and uh, at least now we can we can message you guys and you know uh, tell you guys what to watch, and you guys can give recos to us. And of course, thank you for this Guillermo del Toro Funko awesome. Pop. This is such good taste. And you, when you guys asked us, like <laughs> when you asked us like what Funko Pop, we're like what? They don't have to get us a Funko Pop, and then just let. You guys, you guys can decide. And this is the perfect Funko Pop. This is my favorite now. The Guillermo. So congratulations to you guys. I'm gonna sleep you know, beside for you. Your, uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, I believe there was something you were gonna say. Go ahead. No, I would. I would just like to uh, add to what Sir, uh, Sir Gabe said. Is that uh, Bo is actually a different kind of host. He's actually. I actually was talking to one of the viewers, and he was. They were like. Who's the guy uh, hosting? Who is that? It feels so different. As, I mean, for me, it's not surprising because you know I know my friend Boaz is really That's like that. Really. But but it still feels different as if every episode is actually a new one. So gotta, gotta give you props, uh, dude. And um, uh, I definitely agree with you. I I can tell that you put a lot of thought into every episode, man. So congratulations. That's that's fucking dope. He carries it. He carries I it. I'm my limit of saying the f word, so I'll probably stop saying it now. 
Thank you. Boss, boss, he carries the show. He carries hey, the man, show. stop it. Stop it before I start balling. Before I start balling. He, he, he's he's going to need to take an Advil after this from carrying the whole show. <laughs> probably killing him. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's Sir Gabe. Huh? Kayo, no, it's all good. I buy some Advil. <laughs> Thank you to the boys of Genre Geeks for obliging. Woo-hoo! Thank you to my right-hand men, my usual suspects, Josh and Renzo, for taking the time and for helping me out in every step of the way once more. And I won't grow weary of saying this. You are part and parcel of what makes this podcast so great. You are the heart and soul of this podcast. Thank you to the both of you. From all of us here at Film Flicks Podcast, We'd love to thank all the listeners as well for for keeping at it and for piously for piously listening to the podcast unflinchingly supporting us and before i call curtains follow josh at josh underscore 14 on instagram ladies you know what's up josh underscore migs 14 dude <laughs> josh underscore migs 14 on instagram you got renzo over at film at film flicks podcast and be sure to follow John Geeks on Instagram as Boom. well. That does it for us. We are signing off in three, two, one. See you for season two. Were you like saying goodbye or are you just stopping the record? Yeah, we'll just stop recording. <laughs> I don't know where to hang up or like, is there like a, a, like a private goodbye <laughs> after this?